Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 27th of September. One of Australia's major law firms is investigating a potential class action against Optus as the fallout continues over a major cyber attack on the telecommunications giant. In what's being seen as one of the most serious privacy breaches in Australian history, it's believed the personal data of up to 10 million past and present customers was accessed by the hackers, including phone numbers, home addresses and passport numbers. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill has condemned Optus over the attack and says it should never have happened. Responsibility for this security breach rests with Optus and I want to note that the breach is of a nature that we should not expect to see in a large telecommunications provider in this country. Optus says it will offer a free identity protection service for eligible affected customers over the coming days. The Royal Commission into the disgraced robo-debt scheme will hold its first public hearing in Brisbane today. The program, which ran from 2015 to 2019, was designed to automatically recover welfare debts, but wrongly accused many people of owing the government money. Gordon legal partner Andrew G. Rick says it's time for answers. People want to know what politicians, you know, who in the government, you know, Mr Morrison and, and the other senior ministers involved and, and which public servants knew and when they knew that what they were doing was unlawful if they did. These are all important questions that people are entitled to have resolved. A 26-year-old woman has reportedly undergone surgery and remains in a critical condition in hospital after a horror accident at Melbourne Royals show over the weekend. Initial reports said Shyla Roden was injured after being hit by a carriage on the Rebel Coaster ride. But now authorities are investigating if something else may have also happened. This witness telling Channel 9 he saw Miss Roden fall. The carriage has come to a, like an abrupt stop up the top and I've just seen the person fall just straight forward and down, and I've seen her fall all the way to the ground. The ride has been closed until further notice. New South Wales police are on the hunt for the driver involved in a fatal hit and run in Sydney's west. A father of four was hit and killed yesterday morning, and our reporter Kim Bradish has the details from Sydney. Yes, that's right, Tash. Saad Magdazi Hana was walking to work just before 6am yesterday when he tried to cross Sackville Street in Fairfield and was reportedly hit by a black Honda Accord. Police say the vehicle sped off straight after the impact, with a passerby coming to Mr Hana's aid before paramedics got there. Sadly, he was unable to be revived. Friends telling Channel 9 they're in shock. Look, honestly, we know the guy for a long time. He's a very nice guy. He's old. Um, he's got a family, four children. It is very sad. It's very sad. Police are still looking for the driver now and are appealing for anyone with dash cam footage of the area to come forward. Meantime, four teenagers aged between 15 and 16 have been charged after a horrific hit and run in Brisbane's east. Police say a 59-year-old man on a motorbike was allegedly hit by a stolen vehicle around half past nine yesterday morning. He was rushed to hospital but later died. Bombshell evidence on the first day of the inquiry into Queensland's DNA labs. Our Queensland reporter Adam DeTulio has more. 
Thanks, Tash. Already findings in day one of the inquiry have found the state-run forensic centres have allegedly failed to bring solid evidence to court cases. It's between 2018 to June 2022, where DNA samples weren't tested at the correct threshold. And yesterday it was heard some issued evidence used to assist courts allegedly included a bunch of untrue and misleading statements in court. The process of how the DNA was assessed became a vital part of yesterday hearings, with the senior scientists working in the lab since 2005, handing down what they believed were alleged procedural issues in the facility. The witness disclosed an email to the inquiry addressing increasing the testing threshold for DNA, but never received a further reply after saying she believed changes to the system needed to be in place. The inquiry continues today. Overseas now, and at least 15 people have been killed and 24 others injured after a shooting at a school in Russia. Officials say a gunman, believed to be a former pupil, opened fire at the school overnight, killing at least 11 children and four staff members. It's been labelled a terrorist attack by Kremlin authorities with investigations now underway. And Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is attending the funeral of former Japanese leader Shinzo Abe along with other world leaders today. Former Prime Ministers Tony Abbott, Malcolm Turnbull and John Howard are also attending the service for Mr Abe who was assassinated earlier this year. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now, many are certainly feeling the pain of interest rate increases, but our own banks are standing to report earnings of almost $29 billion just over the past year. Can't they share some of that love? <laughs> You'd think they would, wouldn't you? Well, if you're a bank shareholder listening to this, you're probably thinking, hey, hands off my profits, I'll have them, thank you very much. Not bad, is it? $29 billion among four companies, four big banks. Now, look, we do tend to focus on very large numbers. These are big banks. So I guess to some degree, you want to look at things like profit margins and that sort of stuff. But it is a reminder that for all of the talk of what's going on in the economy, looking backwards at least, and we should make that point, this is looking backwards, the banks, uh, three of the big four other than Commonwealth, have their financial years that end September 30 in a few short days. And analysts are expecting, as you say, almost $29 billion worth of profits. Some of that was the comeback or the bounce back from some of the worst economic parts of COVID. And the next year is an open question, of course. We don't yet know, but so far, so good for the banks. They have absolutely made hay while the sun shines. And unfortunately, another hit for borrowers with Morgan Stanley. Scott upping its expectations to an official cash rate of 3.6%. Yeah, this is a jump of half a point on their forecast. And we should say they're just one forecaster, but they are joining a, a very loud chorus of, of banks, economists and others who are saying three point something and probably 3.6. There's even some rumbling that might get as high as you know, 4%. I don't want to say that out loud, but that's where we find ourselves. The key question is how bad Australian inflation gets. And also, unfortunately, what happens around the rest of the world, the higher the US Fed hikes their rates, the weaker it is for our Australian dollar. And guess what? That means our imported products cost even more in Australian dollars. So even if nothing else happens here, just that exchange rate alone could push inflation higher. So they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. They need to lower inflation locally. They need to keep up to some degree with the rest of the world, but they don't want to cause too much pain. Morgan Stanley expecting the top they get to before they start to go back down again is 3.6%. We all hope it doesn't get worse than that. Yeah, and you spoke earlier there, Scott, about higher inflation, of course, higher inflation fears and also the growing concern about increasing interest rates is really hitting investors with the ASX now closing at a three-month low yesterday. 
Yeah, this is kind of an important one too because you think about the wealth effect, particularly for self-funded retirees or people who are relying on investment portfolios. It's been a really rough time. Fears of a global recession are the most recent concerns that are weighing on investors' minds. Uh, plus, the UK government list trusts are going all out with massive tax cuts for high-income earners, trying to spur the economy there. That sent the pound to a 37-year low against the US dollar. So, governments and central banks around the world are really kind of shaking things up and trying to make a difference. The stock market's just saying, look, I don't know what to think. I don't know where to go. All I can see right now is fear and concern, and share prices continue to fall. Another fall on the US markets overnight too, by the way, so today might be a tough one for the ASX. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for the update, Scott. Thanks, Dash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. NRL Grand Final Week has launched off in style in Sydney as it prepares for a Battle of the West on Sunday night. Yes, good morning, Tash. Sydney Harbour was the setting that officially launched the Grand Final last night, but it is, as you mentioned, out in Western Sydney where the battle will be won and lost this weekend with the two rivals from out that way in Penrith and Parramatta locking horns. And, of course, we've got the NRLW Grand Final on Sunday afternoon before uh, the men take to the field. And all four captains were at Sydney Harbour last night for the launch. Panther skipper Nathan Cleary says it is a great time to be in Sydney. Pretty cool to um, both be representing Western Sydney as well. You know, first time it's happened, so really looking forward to you know seeing the community pride around. A lot of people out in the streets with their Penrith and Parra jerseys on and the flags, and yeah, really looking forward to Sunday. So the Eels featuring in the NRL a W Grand Final as well against the Knights. Now just on the men's side, Tom Opacek remains in serious doubt to return to Parramatta's side for the NRL Grand Final. The Star Centre test out his injured hamstring at yesterday's open training session around 5,000 fans watching on. He says he won't take any risks. When I sprint on Wednesday or Friday, I'm going to know if it's 100 or not and if it's not 100, I'll just tell them that it's no good. I wouldn't want to let the team down by going out there and going down. Dylan Brown was a notable absentee, but the Eels 5'8 insists he will be fully fit and was just rested yesterday. Yeah, we cannot wait for that game on the weekend. Meantime, in the AFL, Cat star Tom Hawkins has opened up about his emotional reaction to Geelong's grand final smashing of the Swans. Yeah, it was certainly one of uh, the candid moments of the grand final. Tom Hawkins, the big hulking key forward in tears, along with Joel Selwood. It sparked some speculation that perhaps the pair will retire. I think Tom Hawkins will definitely go on, but we'll wait and see what happens with his decorated teammate in Joel Selwood. Now, as you mentioned, it was a fairly uh, one-sided game. So that means that uh, the emotion started spilling over for the Tomahawk well before the final siren. Just the the gravity of, of what we'd done um, had sort of hit me in the... Actually hit me... I went down to the race at three-quarter time and I was walking down there to the medical room with Harry and I even lost it a bit then with Harry, gave him a hug. So three-quarter time, he knew that uh, his third premiership medal would be hanging around his neck and just in some other AFL news, Collingwood's hopes of re-signing Jordan Dugowie have hit a hurdle. He's reportedly rejected a five-year deal due to a clause that would give the Pies the ability to move him on after two years if there's another off-field incident. And Australia's women's basketball has bred of guaranteed a place in the World Cup quarterfinals. And avoided uh, red faces as well. Given the World Cup is here in Australia to knock it out of the group stage would have been catastrophic. Of course, we've got Lauren Jackson making her amazing comeback as well. Well, last night they got across the line against Canada by three points, 75 to 72. So it means we are through to the quarterfinals. One group game to go against Japan tonight. This one's important. We have to beat Japan and then hope a few other results go our way to 
to avoid the USA in the quarterfinals. Clearly, not just in men's basketball, but in women's basketball, the USA are the powers of, uh, of that world sport. Absolutely. Fingers and toes crossed for the Aussies. Thanks so much, Brett. Thank you, Tash. And it's like something out of a Hollywood blockbuster, a dangerous mission in space to save the world. Well, today a spacecraft is set to make impact with an asteroid this morning in a bid to change its course. Thankfully, this one is not on a path with Earth, but NASA's DART mission will find out if we can defend ourselves if it ever does happen. Dr Brad Tucker from ANU says multiple telescopes across Australia will be monitoring it tonight reassuring us it does not pose a threat. So this is billions of kilometres away. It is very far away and it poses no danger. And we're not going to accidentally also hit it towards the Earth because there are two there. Uh, As we shift the smaller one, the gravity of the bigger one will still keep it in check so we won't knock it out of orbit. We will be getting images this morning. Good to know. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. 